welcome back to Yin and Young, the podcast. Um, today, it's a long time coming, this, this episode. It's, we, 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 uh, I've been waiting, for, I've been actually in, uh, I've been waiting for this, like, to, to link up with Greg again and uh, Richard again. Um, so, yeah, I guess Dan. Yeah. So there, okay, uh, I guess we'll do, um, let's introduce just our name, just so everyone knows, because some people are listening to this not on video, but like okay. on um, iTunes, so right. uh, so, we get, so this is James, aka Young. This is Dan, aka Yin. Yep. Hi, my name is Greg. Uh, I play Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Richard. Cool. And uh, yeah, so we are, um, we're a part of the team for... I'm on Alan, the short film I wrote and directed, um, and yeah, so we filmed. We filmed last month. It was a, It's like a, what? We filmed from December 9th through December 13th. So and then now we're as the time of this recording. It's been over a month since then, and uh, I just, for me personally, I just wanted to talk about it before my memory fades, you know, and like, and, uh, just, to, just to catch up with these two and, and to hear, cause like as a director, I'm like juggling a lot of different things, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. sometimes maybe my experience on the shoot is completely different from Richard's or, or Greg's experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm curious to hear like their, their thoughts about the shoot and also what they've been up to. So, yeah, I mean, and Greg, and then, and Dan, of course, you're kind of like our third eye. Um, right. You're, you're, you're like our, you're going to be the interviewer, I guess. Ooh. Yeah. We yeah. should specify that Richard is, was a cinematographer because. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, yes. we didn't. We skipped that part. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, okay. Uh, so again, uh, here, so we'll start, it. we'll start fresh. We'll start so, fresh. Okay. Yeah. James is the director of Alma and Alan, uh, yep. also the writer. Yeah. And then Alan is the star who played or sorry greg is a star who plays I mean, uh, you're Alan. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then richard is the cinematographer for the film richard's he's a D, uh, director of photography also known director as the cin- yeah. uh, also known as a cinematographer um i mean is it interchangeable or uh some people say they're slightly different okay <clears throat> so what would you call yourself the director of photography right? yes yeah yeah <laughs> and then but he was he also acted as the cam- the main camera person as well cam- camera operator as well okay yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, did you have something you want to start with, Dan, or should I start it, or what do you want to do? Uh, I, I just want to know what uh, draw, drew both Richard and Greg to the, this project. I mean, is, was it something about the writing or the chance to work overseas? Have you guys worked overseas before in Taiwan? Uh, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take yeah, a lead on this. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I I've never uh, worked overseas. Um, I've I've done like commercials and stuff that are that, that like went overseas. Like I've done commercials that are in like run in China, but they were filmed here in the U.S. Um, so for me, it was definitely part of it was to just be able to travel for work and just like see how like things are run on like in another country um, and to be able to say that I've traveled for work. Uh, but more so than that, it's honestly like um, during the audition process uh, afterwards, there was an interview that um, James conducted with all the like people who had callbacks that he liked. Um, and during then we really got to talk to each other. We really figured out like, like 
I think it's really cool just to be able to talk to him as far as like, because he wrote it as well. And most of the times you only see it from the director's point of view of like, okay, this is how I want to see it shot. This is how I want to see it, you know, X, Y, Z done. Um, but like from a writer's point of view, like it, it's almost like it, it resonated with me a lot because especially being an ABC, um, like I, I am pretty similar to Alan as far as character goes. Like uh, there's definitely a um, language barrier between me and my, both my both sides of my grandparents because neither of them speak English and uh, my Chinese is not excellent uh, by any stretch of it. Um, but it's like barely enough where I can like speak to them just a little bit. Uh, and I think a lot of it comes from like there's a lot of like kind of talk of not really regret, but like just kind of the, the sense of like there's so much more that you can know about your grandparents, about your you know, family line that is kind of lost because uh, I don't speak the language that they do. Um, and so although I do like, you know, want to spend more time with them, want to get to know them better, um, my my lack of uh, uh, the language kind of puts like a barrier on it. And I think um, that's like there's a lot of that in the story of like, you know, kind of like uh, um, the love between family, but also kind of the, the frustration of like a language barrier. And I feel like, especially as an ABC, um, and I know plenty of other people who are in my situation as well, who are, you know, especially in the US where, you know, our, our parents, grandparents moved from Asia somewhere. And like, because of that, we've lost, uh, like, I know a lot of uh, ABCs who don't actually even speak Chinese at all. And uh, I know that all of them are like, they pretty much regret it. But at the same time, it's, it's weird because in the US, you know, you don't really need to speak your, your home language because everyone here speaks English. Um, right. But at the same time, it's, it's that weird feeling of like losing, not really your identity, but like a, like a connection to, you know, like the older generation because of that, you know, language difference. Uh, but but anyway, long story short, uh, the, the, my main interest in it was honestly just, just that, like how it's like a real story for like uh, Asians of our generation, you know, where uh, there aren't many stories like that around most of it. Uh, if you if they throw in an Asian person, it's like for a, a token Asian person or like, you know, the, the stereotypical roles of... Um, like Kung Fu Master or like a, a nerdy business person or whatever, but they're not really like flushed out like this character right. is. Yeah, because I know for the audition, um, uh, for the audition, I used like a, a monologue that's towards the end of the film about uh, basically a police officer questioning Alan's, uh, Greg's character, Alan, about, you know, why is your Chinese so bad, you know? And, and that I think, <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that that's something you got you got from mm-hmm. it, yeah. That because that's that's definitely you know all I'm all I'm trying to do is write from my from experience and from what what I've seen, um, and also the, just what you said made me think about. Um, yeah, I remember remember you telling me you, we were trying different stuff that last day, based on the audition piece that we did. That was actually the last day of filming, the yeah. day five. And Greg was, what's great about Greg is he's throwing out all these, these, these ideas. And we tried one where, like, he talked about how in America, if you speak Chinese, it's kind of, like, frowned upon. Because people are, in the, you know, name, mainly, to be honest, like, maybe, like, white people or non-Asian people. Sometimes Asian people, like, Asian Americans might look at you like, why is this, why is this kid speaking in Chinese in public or something? Yeah, yeah. So that was an idea that Greg was trying to do. And then, like... But but what we ended up doing was using it as subtext, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty. F- and for some reason, when he, he said it, and then he stopped saying it, and it changed, the, it made the performance stronger for me. I don't know if you felt that way. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, let's. Yeah, Richard. What? Uh, yeah, sorry. Same, same, <laughs> same question. Question to you, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, you you were showing me earlier drafts of the script, and yeah, for so so. Uh, sorry, uh, just sorry to cut you off, but like Richard has probably he's probably the earliest collaborator on this short film because he's 
when I first completed like a full draft of it, he was one of my first readers. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so and like, the, yeah. I've seen the scripts uh, and it's improved a lot yeah, since the, <laughs> the early versions. But yeah, for the similar reasons to Greg, I think uh, what like resonated with me from the script was yeah, the, the character of Alan being Asian American and growing up speaking Chinese, uh, but then forgetting it and then coming to regret it later on because uh, because of wanting to you know get a better connection with your culture and your family background and your older family members. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that very similar to my own personal experience. Cool. Yeah. Are your grandparents still alive? Um, my grandma, on my mom's side, uh, is still alive. Yes. Okay. And what about uh, you, Greg? Uh, uh, both my grand uh, uh, fathers are—they're both passed away. Uh, both my grand uh, mothers are both still alive, um, but they're both like—they're old enough where they have uh, like one of them has dementia and the other right. one has like depression, and so it's kind of like uh, not to get too into it, but obviously yeah. like they're—they're they're not the same kind of person that they used to be, you know what I mean? Where like the sickness right. started to get to them more. And I think it's it, even that kind of played more in the sense of like, you know, you should have, I should have like gotten to know them better while I still had the chance. And like, now it's like, I can still talk to them, of course, but it's not exactly the same, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to that, to that aspect of language. Um, yeah, I grew, I personally grew up speaking, from the age of like zero to like four, I was speaking like a mix of like Taiwanese and Mandarin because I spent like a lot of time in Taiwan when I was a baby because my, my, my parents, they couldn't really take care of me because I, I had two uh, older siblings, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so my grandpa and my grandma, t you know, I was going back and forth between Taiwan and California, um, uh, you know, at a very young age so i was just like speaking like this gibberish you know like my ni hao what you know like like a mismatch like a mismatch yeah yeah so then i think a doctor told my parents like when i settled to get ready for kindergarten there and i was just like um you know my like my mom told me there's an episode where i'm in the car and i see my older brother and sister just speaking perfect english to each other and, oh. I'm, and I'm just like looking at them like <laughs> and I'm like I trying to I can't I can't uh, engage in their conversation oh, wow. so um, so she I guess a doctor said oh just tell just speak to him in English at home and then I lost the language you know oh. you know yeah fairly quickly especially in that environment yeah, yeah, yeah. so because I settled never... in the US for kindergarten and then um, uh, yeah but then what's crazy is though that my, my grandparents raised me in from like they came from Taiwan to the U.S. Mm -hmm. and raised me until age of 10 or so. And uh, they don't speak any English. So, and it was just kind of hard communicating with them. I mean, and I have like a pretty shameful experience where I was like trying to tie my shoe or something, right? And my grandma was like trying to like give me breakfast before I leave. I like hold up the shoe, hey, hey. And she like, you know, she like came back and like as if I was like gonna like, you know, hurt her or something or like, I mean... <laughs> You know, because I held the shoe up. I was like, hey, uh -huh. I'm trying to, I don't know how to say that. I'm tying my shoe. Uh -huh. Give me a minute. And like, uh, that's like, that's probably one of my most shameful experiences. And like, I, that's the, I didn't mean, you know, I, yeah. but I didn't know how to communicate. Like, hey, give me a minute. I'm tying my yeah. shoe. And that's like, uh, that's one of my regrets. Um, I mean, that's just, that's like, it's just like a lot of like misunderstanding, you know? I don't yeah. Think it's, like you didn't mean any ill intent, but it just no. it hurts to know, like, you know. 
like maybe they don't she thought that, that she yeah. might think that you would do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, obviously, I, I like I I when later on in life, I I I mentioned that when I was able to speak more fluently, I asked mm-hmm. her about that episode, and she's like, I don't remember. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. She's like. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and then, uh, no, nah, and then she she loves me, obviously, and and I, yeah, it's um, it's interesting, yeah. I, I think language is kind of like, it, are you more? Because I like real. I, I I know some white guys that speak really, you know, really good Japanese or Chinese or Mandarin, like, and so. But does that make them? Does that make them Asian? You know, no. I mean, yeah, no, but they probably understand the culture, the respective culture, more. <laughs> Really? I, well, than some rather than someone who doesn't speak the language. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, say that. Yeah, I, I. So it's this idea of like identity and language and how it ties together has always interested me. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, so I guess one thing maybe we can start with the genesis of the project and go from there. And then any questions, Dan, you had about the project, you can just chime in. Yeah. <coughs> Well, I, were there any other local hires in ta- from Taiwan, or is yeah. everyone from the overseas? Everyone came. From Almost the States? everyone was a local hire. This is this is the the this is the <laughs> the, the, the the overseas hires right here. Yeah, me, yeah. Richard, and Greg. Yeah, uh, and so everyone else was local. Every, uh, everyone else was oh, except for the art Scott uh, Scott uh, Skyler. Oh, he well, he's technically so everyone was. He's, lo- he's so Skyler, our art director. Uh, you know, got you know, you know, love that guy. Um, he was actually tr- he was visiting. He's living. He lives in Amsterdam, but he was visiting <coughs> that month. Cause he's originally from Taiwan, and he was he was visiting back Taiwan because he's thinking about moving back to Taiwan. Right. And and so just like that one month of when he was traveling and figuring out his life. Um, he saw my post on Facebook through a mutual friend, and right. uh, he's our art director. And basically, long story short, I was I was thinking about uh, making Greg's flight. I don't know if you know this. I was thinking about extending your flight to like a later date because we did not have an art director yet, and an art director needs at least about I think about four day, five day lead time oh. to make all the props and, yeah, 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 and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And we didn't have one like six days into like before before shooting. Wow. So, but like Skyler came, like Skyler had emailed me like a uh, a week before, like a, a before that day, and I was like, okay, and let's keep in touch. And like I was, I couldn't reach him after that for a bit, and then I reached out to him again, and then called him. He's like, okay, yeah, I can come in tomorrow, and, and we can chat. And he and th- we needed an assistant as well, yeah. an art assistant. So. Uh, eventually, basically, found him on the day we we definitely needed to lock <coughs> one in, or else we were gonna push the shoot. To be honest, and um, it would have been maybe like a two, three extra days or something. But we we still we needed an art director like like right yeah, away. Yeah. yeah. So he, so he's he's kind of halfway because he he's been living out uh, outside of Taiwan for the last whatever for many years, and um, so he's he's like technically kind of overseas kind of local if that makes sense yeah because yeah. he wasn't living in taiwan at the time yeah right yeah yeah okay uh do you want to go through the genesis of the project and then we can go touch on other things after that yeah sure um genesis uh okay i 
allegedly was teaching English illegally in Taiwan. <laughs> allegedly. Um, that, that's what's going to go on record. Uh, so uh, when I first came to Taiwan about, uh, this was back in, this is like over, like this is about 10 years ago, yeah. When I first lived in Taiwan, I was looking for work, right? And, um, and uh, so I was... Um, uh, how can I phrase this so I don't get in, in jail? I mean, <laughs> let's just say, like, I was at a kindergarten, and a police officer saw me at the kindergarten and allegedly thought that I was <laughs> teaching there. Okay. And uh, basically, I was fined for like three thousand US because I Holy because smokes. I didn't have a because I didn't have a work I I just arrived in Taiwan I didn't have a work permit, um, and I didn't have a to teach in kindergarten you need some sort of Taiwanese ID actually you can't be a foreigner and teach kindergarten at the time mm. so and um, I remember when I saw the police officer they had me come de- come I was thinking I, I was talking to my coworkers like should I just make a run for it <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I was like and she's like yeah maybe and then and the, <laughs> the man the manager came up it's like James, oh, James calm down <laughs> I, it's okay. Just go downstairs. We'll talk to them. We'll be fine, right? I was like, oh, fine, okay. I, I, to be honest, I probably should have made a, made a run for it. Like that's, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so I went down, and what was interesting, they asked me. They started speaking to me in Chinese. I had just, I just got to Taiwan, so I, mm. I barely, I, I knew some basics from like learning some, taking some classes in yeah. college, and I was just like, oh, uh-huh, uh huh, and, and I, I pretended like I didn't know English that well. Like I was like, I was like Taiwanese, Taiwanese, uh-huh. and uh, and I was trying to speak Taiwanese, but my and and the, the police officer was like, huh, okay, you know, um, do you have your passport with you? And I was like, huh, pass? What's this word? Yeah, <laughs> passport. I'm like, and I just speaking very like, not trying to give away how American I was, uh-huh. you know. Right. And uh, and he's like, fine, just phone number he, and I think he said in English I'm like okay so I left my phone number and um, and I was just like fuck what's gonna happen right so the uh, like a week later I had to make a report to the the police station I, I, uh, I got, and my my aunt said hey let's grandma and I will come with you right so my grandma and I uh, and my aunt went to the police station and and basically the police sta- the it was very routine. They took down information about, they took down my passport information. And then my grandma, like, told the police officer, Hey, hey, what are you doing? My son, my son, I have a grandson. I got money. I can take care of my grandson. Don't worry. And, uh, you know, I thought this, like, kind of funny. And, and, but, like, this image of my grandma would take, you know, with me and trying to protect me at the police station kind of stuck with me, you know? And, um, and I remember while I was, so eventually, long story short, my, eventually, uh, I was able to get off the charges, but I could have been deported. Like no joke. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really, and the thing is I had just met like a really cool girl (laughs) in Taiwan. Yeah. Who eventually became my girl, my, my girlfriend at the time. Um, so I was just like, I was just like, I, I things were like, Things were clicking here. I mm-hmm. met someone cool, uh, and I, I don't. I, I want to make sure I'm here for you know see my see my family. I my grand grandma who I haven't seen in a while. Um, 
so and then I remember as a writing assignment for Sida, which is a uh, university where I'm studying Mandarin at, uh, I one of the assignment like a year later. This was like a year after this had happened, and my Mandarin had gotten a lot better. And we had to write like a short story, like a very very short story. And I remember this incident, and I wrote it into a short story. And then the teacher was like, "Dude, this is pretty good." Yeah, good job by that. On the by the way, I was I was really surprised that he like this guy. He doesn't speak any Taiwanese, and he learned he learned like basically on the you know. I don't yeah, know. I'm I'm pretty much fluent now. It's on my resume. I speak. <laughs> and uh, so um, yeah, so that episode stuck with me. And so when I took when I, I when I first met Richard years later in community college, I was making this transition from like trying. I tried my 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 I tried. Uh, acting for a little while but i was like you know what i want to learn like behind the scenes so i was taking a lot of community college classes i met richard at uh deanza college over in cupertino and then I, I i then i moved for work i moved closer to san francisco and i started taking city uh city college of san francisco uh community college classes and there was a screenwriting uh i took screenwriting at deanza also at city college and at city college there was a short you know I had to write a short film. I was like, you know what? Let me take this short f- story. To be honest, like, maybe it's out of laziness because I was like, man, what, what am I gonna write about? I was like, wait, I already have this short story. Why can I? I'm just gonna steal from myself. <laughs> I'm gonna steal from myself. Yeah. So I stole from myself, and I I took the short story made into a short film, and the teacher liked it. And then, um, and and then when I applied for grad school, just fairly recent, 2015, I was like. Let me retouch this, revisit this, and then I retouched it up, and I I got in as part of my portfolio. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Maybe 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 this story is not bad, you know. And I liked it. And um, eventually, I don't know what your guys' goals are, but eventually, I personally want to write a short uh, a um, a feature, not necessarily about this story, but a feature in general. Mm. And I think before I do a feature, it's like I want to do like a solid <coughs> solid ass short film. You know, and I think this is it. You know, maybe maybe I should just do this. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then and then we'll see what happens after that. So I, that's the genesis of. The, does that make sense? Sorry, was that does that make sense, guys? Or yeah. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, of it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Richard, have you worked overseas before? Have you worked in Taiwan before? Uh no. Uh, yeah. like James and I shot a short film for fun about a year or so ago, but. Uh, <laughs> This was like the first time like working, working. Yeah, oh. yeah. Last like we shot like we shot something for like no budget, and like we literally had a we didn't have a script until that morning, so it was just like for fun because yeah, we had right. the gear. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, oh, that was the one with James. That was James the one Fang. where I acted, and James Fang was in that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. What you What you think? You know, honest. that was pretty good. I mean, yeah. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah. I like the newer cuts more than the original cut. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, and, and Greg, this is your first time in Taiwan. I mean, what, uh, no, not, the, not not no? in Taiwan, but like I mean, working, but work, in working in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it yeah. challenging? Uh, so up to up to actually um, uh, the shoot day, I was actually like low key, kind of like it was a mix of very excited, you know, because you're like, oh, I got to work yeah. in another country, but also kind of like nervous in the sense of like oh man i'd speak like full chinese like just everyone there is going to be local hire so i'm probably gonna have to right. like really brush up on my chinese yeah um and uh i was pretty nervous about it but uh 
luckily, luckily, I was like, uh, I have an older brother. He's two years older than me. And when we were talking about it, he's like, dude, why are you stressing out? You so earlier this year, I went to Korea like just for fun um, with yeah. a friend of mine. Um, like it was like a like a personal like because uh, I, I booked a bunch of commercials and my friend uh, got into med school, so it was like kind of like a congratulations to us kind of thing. And uh, we got around Korea for a week without neither of us knew any of the language and like. They didn't really speak English there, so it was pretty tough. And my brother was like, dude, if you can get around in a country where they don't speak, uh, or you don't speak the language at all, I'm sure you'll be fine in Taiwan. Because it's like, it's not like you haven't been there before, you know? Um, right. It's just, it's kind of nervous because I was like, you know, obviously I don't practice Mandarin a lot here in the States. Um, but it, I find it very interesting how, kind of like how quickly I, I, I picked it up or like adapted to it. Because kind of like James, um, when I was uh, a, a kid, like zero to four-ish too as well, my first language was Mandarin. Um, but, uh, uh, like getting into kindergarten, you don't, you don't speak Mandarin anymore. You speak English in the States. And so like, I, I kind of realized how much I, how much I forgot about it as well. Um, but, uh, after, after going there in Taiwan, especially after like just, just being in the area surrounded by everybody who only speaks Chinese, it kind of forces you to like pick, pick your brain to like, you know, oh yeah, I, I actually do know a lot of these words. I know how to say a lot of the things that I need to say. And you well, know, how often have you been um, to, sorry, sorry. No, that's cool. Like, uh, I, was, I was curious about how often did you go to back to Taiwan? I, last time I went was, oh my God, it was like eight years ago, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, it was eight years ago. Uh, uh, I went with uh, my, my, my uh, high school friends. Like when we graduated high school, we went out to Taiwan just for fun. Um, but, uh, and I, I mean, I saw my grand, grandma and everything then, but uh, it was, it was different because like, especially like since I was in high school, I didn't really care too much to like absorb the culture. It was more like, I'm just there to have fun as an American right. versus like, you know, I'm there to, to work or like there to really like absorb the culture and like kind of learn more about it. And like looking back, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like weird because I realized in high school, I, I definitely didn't identify as like Chinese Chinese. Cause I, I was like, it's kind of, uh, so, so this kind of brings back to the point of like how it can be frowned upon to, to speak Chinese here. And the reason is because, um, I don't know if you're going to edit this part out, but uh, there's like uh, the people like fobs, right? Called Fresh Out the Boats right. in high school right. where where they're not born here um, and they don't really speak English, but they're Chinese. Like clearly they're Asian. Um, yeah. They look Asian, but they don't speak English. They only speak like Chinese. And I remember in high school, they were made fun of all the freaking time. And like as an Asian person, you know, especially people who, you, you know, you can't tell if, if I only speak English or Chinese. Um, I definitely didn't want to be like related to those people. Like they, they I was like, no, I'm definitely not a fob. I, I speak English, you know, don't make fun of me, you know? Uh, and it's kind of weird because like they had their own like kind of click too, like the, the, the fobs too. They, they, like they were very proud of only speaking Chinese, but at the same time it was obviously very hard for them because, you know, they, they get made fun of for speaking English, not very well, even though that's why they're here to practice it. Right. Um, so I just, I just remember that that was like a really weird thing where I was like, it's, it's weird that I don't want to, you know, like be recognized as another Asian person. You know what I mean? I want, I want to be recognized as like an American Chinese person, mm. you know, where I speak English, even though I have an Asian face. Um, and it's kind of weird because like for, for a while, I guess I kind of like had a disconnect kind of thing with that, um, where it was like, um, I mean, times have changed clearly right. uh, where, where like people are a lot more accepting now of, of everything. But I remember back then it was like, um, if you don't speak English, why are you here? Kind of thing. And, mm. and it was like, it, it was, it was like a sense of hostility to it. You know, like nobody would be like, up to your face, like blighting racism, but it was like that kind of undertone of like making fun of you because you have like an accent. And it's like, well, dude, if you really think about it, you know, now that you're older, you go to a whole nother country and you learn their language, you should be pretty freaking impressed that they can even speak your language a little bit. Like, let's right. be honest, how many of you American people can go to another country and be like, 
live and like speak their language let alone right. like read and write it or go to school so i mean it's just, it's just like kind of funny how narrow-minded i guess or like close or closed off i was as like a kid where it's like this is all i know and like you know being cool and all that stuff versus like you know the, the real like open world of it all where it's like you know no it's very impressive that that they can speak any english at all versus you know you're making fun of them for it like, yeah like they're trying to better themselves they're trying to learn stuff i mean like all these international students they have to do reports yeah. and essays exactly. in english and it's like in english oh man like, if i have to do that shit in chinese yeah. i was literally God, thinking that i was like i'm, I'm coming i'm out like, uh, I'm how out, can yeah. i ping English? like that's people like discount english and chinese basically i'll write english chinese for you but yeah. like as far as like actual characters there's no freaking way yeah, um, yeah. i mean this is similar to yeah. your kind of background too right richard or? uh yeah yeah i uh, yeah, I definitely know what it feels like to, yeah, kind of want to reject that, uh, the, the Asian, the, the side of you that makes, the side of you that makes you different, you yeah. know, to try to fit in more. And then, you know, growing older, uh, just realizing how, first off, that's impossible, it's impossible. And <laughs> second of all, it's, you know, you, that's not something you, that shouldn't be a goal of yours anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, you should embrace that side. Yeah, and it's who, it's who you are. If like if you reject it, you're you're basically like rejecting something that's core to you. Yeah, and you're never gonna be happy. I, I'm curious, well, what do you guys deep. identify as? <laughs> yeah, that's freaking. Do you guys deep. identify as Taiwanese, Chinese American, Chinese American, American? Like, what if someone asks you, hey, oh, I, you know, I yeah. think I mean now now that I really think about it, uh, I, I honestly think like I I, I don't put so much onto it like like okay this is gonna sound super hippie and stuff it's like oh. i don't put so much on labels oh, but this like guy. <laughs> no no but like uh for me it's it's honestly like because if you say like i'm american then then it kind of comes like they all come like with stereotypes or like preconceived notions of like what that's supposed to mean but like for me i'm, I'm honestly like if you ask me i'm saying i'm chinese but taiwanese specifically um and then i think the fact that i speak english perfectly like i don't need to even say like chinese american or taiwanese american i just go i'm chinese or taiwanese or taiwanese and then um that's it you know what i mean that's how i identify um and I think that that's really it. Uh, and I, and I, I mean, this is kind of like going back on a point, but to what Richard said. But it's like if you're like denying that part of yourself, where it's because it's impossible to like you know totally fit in, because obviously look different. <laughs> um, but like that, it's not a bad thing, you know. It's like to to embrace that different side of you. It's it's what makes you unique. It's like the positive side of it versus you know like oh I'm different and that makes me weird and like blah 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 negative negative you know i think it's it's definitely more what he said of like if you keep denying that side of yourself you'll never really be happy because you can't really escape who you are you know what i mean um right. and and i mean i, I don't know i just i like that it, yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense so for both richard and greg uh when you guys were growing up did you guys grow up around a lot of chinese people or did you like grow up more in a a, a wider neighborhood mm. Mm. Yeah, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, so there was yeah, yeah. a decent amount of Asians around. And, and Greg? Yeah. Um, so mine is actually the same. Like, I, I didn't grow up in, sorry, the Bay Area, oh. but I, I, li- I grew up in, like, SGV, where there's a lot of Asian people. Right. San Gabriel um, Valley, yeah, San Gabriel for those Valley. who don't know. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. San Gabriel SGV, Valley. SGV, what's up? Yeah. Uh, 626. <laughs> we got good boba. Um, but, uh, uh, like, even though I grew up surrounded by Asian people, I, I always realized that... Um, like the Caucasian people in like there were not as many like they were yeah. the, the majority was definitely still Asian but like the the few Caucasian people that I knew like they they the way that they acted almost like even though they were technically a minority in the sense of there's less yeah. of them in our school you could tell that they they kind of it kind of like they, they they just like acted like they were better than than than, <laughs> than the rest of us I I know there's like a really general way of saying it and I don't really know how to say it but like besides the fact that like really like it just like 
the Caucasian people always hang out with each other, right? And it's for some reason, yeah, even, even though there's like so many Asian people, like all yeah. the like cool kids, like the popular kids, Asian yeah. kids, they were all like the really like whitewashed or like uh, like whitewashed right. Asians. Like they were the people who like totally embraced American culture, who, who always try to hang out with the Caucasian guys who try, like, try to do like cheerleading and baseball and whatever. Versus like, if you like like anime or something like that, or like, like Yu-Gi-Oh, you were like the nerds who were like, ew, mm. nobody, nobody, they're, you're not cool. Um, but like that's, I don't know, it, it was just weird to me that like, even though there, now that I think about it, there were less Caucasian people in my school growing up. They were always like, as far as like hierarchy of like students yeah. go, like the, they were always the, like the coolest kids or like the the, the whatever. Um, like the, you wanted to be them, you wanted to be like their friends or whatever. And I don't really know where that comes from, um, but just the idea of of there was just like some some something about it that like made them think that they were or like whatever seemed more superior to uh, all the other Asians. If I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. It's a, um, this is a sense of entitlement, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, did, you, did you feel that way, Richard? Or hmm. uh, maybe, maybe I didn't consciously realize it, but I probably, I think I probably picked up on that. I got that feeling, I guess. Yeah. Does that uh, mean? Yeah, yeah, like I, I got the feeling. Yeah, like if you, if you want to fit in, yeah, like reject that Asian side. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it, it might. It's like weird. It's like. No one says it explicitly to us. Well, I think maybe sometimes they do, like yeah. in the movie, you know, like <coughs> I, I remember it's it like one of, the, I think, uh, forget which movie. It might have been like one of the newer Terminators, but it's like, speak English, you know, like mm. she's, he was like saying that, it's like someone saying that to like this, this refugee that yeah. I was just after Skynet took over, whatever, spoiler. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, anyways, yeah, yeah. It, it, there seems to be this kind of. I mean, it's it, it's built into our history. Like yeah. it's you know, right. you can't you weren't allowed to speak it, during the Japanese internment in, in World War Two. You cannot speak Japanese, you know. Right. And so there's built into like, now that's Japanese american that's mm. their own history but like everyone was trying during world war ii everyone was trying to show how american they were you know japanese chinese americans they were all saying hey you know i'm i'm really american you know and um and i think that that the echoes of that have carried out throughout our society and it's kind of like uh back to my film <laughs> it's, it's like it's similar like it's like w this idea of identity and, uh -huh. and americanness and taiwanese-ness or chinese-ness um like and then like you know and you know, okay greg and i are huge fans of avatar the last airbender <laughs> so it's like when iroh says to suzuka like who are you you know right w like who are you and that's like and and when i w and when i worked on uh you know david cho show uh that was the it was an application process for for people to get into that show and the first question was who are you and that's mm -hmm. shit i'm still kind of like trying to figure out that question i don't know if i'll ever like fully like have a hundred percent because that idea of who you are is is always it's kind of um yeah i don't know there it's something i'm still trying to figure out i think there is maybe a core true self you know but then trying to get to there is is like kind of get get past all these delusions of what society has pushed onto you mm. or whatever people are saying who you are like who are you you know and anyways i, I don't know sorry tangent but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so is i mean growing up in those in that environment i mean we all all four of us have grown up in that environment i i grew up in san diego so it was mostly white <laughs> but uh what 
was there a certain situation or was like a gradual acceptance or realization for yourselves that, oh, you know, it's okay to be Chinese. It's okay to be different. Was there something that led to that or is it still same? It sounds like James is still like struggling with it, but uh, I yeah. mean, for I remember, I remember when I, so, so sorry. Yeah. Uh, off of that, when I did the, so I did the audition process for, for, uh, Alan, Greg's character, uh, in through October, uh, through, through October. And I flew, we flew to, I flew to Taiwan in mid November for pre-production. And I know for my callbacks, I don't know if it seems like you appreciate it, but what I did for callbacks for the few people I, I was interested in, I just talked to, I, I, I basically asked that same question. Like, when did you, like, did you come to a realization of like, of, of, uh, of like, is, is, did you ever have like identity crisis? Is, mm. that's, Dan, that's essentially the question, right? Like, do you, like, have you ever resolved that identity issue? Right. Or is that right? Yeah well, yeah. yeah. well, kind of, I guess. I, I, I don't know if it's so much an identity, but more like with Greg, he was like, Oh, I, I don't want to be associated with Chinese fobs mm. or whatever. Fobs, like that. Yeah, but yeah. now, now he's a, it's actually not a bad thing, mm -hmm. you know what they're doing. You, you can actually respect them, yeah. and you're not embarrassed by them anymore, mm -hmm. right? Like for me, I, I don't give a rat's ass. You know, people are speaking Chinese, people are speaking Chinese. Yeah. But I can tell you what happened for me. But is it for something that happened in your lives when you're like just growing, or are you still like still figuring that out? Do you think? Uh, actually, can I can I hear your side of the story too? Actually, because yeah, you said you yeah. You, you... Well, for me, uh, I always grew up watching kung fu movies yeah and that was like the coolest thing you can think about for chinese chinese people like mm -hmm. everyone respected that and then when i started learning kung fu i was like oh you know what all these people want to be more like chinese people they huh. they can't do it they're they're trying to like they label things they're trying to break it down you know the, the ideas the thought processes they even you know came up with this thing called chinese guilt you know which is very similar <laughs> to catholic guilt but they were like they were trying to be more chinese and trying to get immersed in the culture they want to dress more chinese and that's mm -hmm. when once i started learning kung fu i was like oh you know what it's not that bad be chinese our food kind of smells sometimes <laughs> a little bit different but you know a bit, when i was a kid i was like embarrassed by it but mm -hmm. now i don't i don't give a rat's out also age helps too yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Okay, um, I guess I guess for me, um, it's interesting because kung fu movies, obviously, big thing for Asian people. Uh, yeah, that's like one of the few, uh, one of the things that like my, my, my dad and I used to always watch together. That's like something yeah. that we would love. Um, but it was kind of weird for me because uh, I never, I didn't get really like into martial arts. So I think for me, it wasn't for my personal life. It wasn't so much focused on like um, the the positive sides, like where where people like because there's like two two sides of the Asian stereotype. You know what I mean? Where it's like you're either the really cool martial arts badass, yeah. um, or you're like the really quiet, awkward nerd. Like right. those are, I feel like, for, from what I the two remember, extremes. like those are the two extremes yeah, yeah, yeah. of the, the, the I've spectrum, sensed that, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think, especially because uh, the, the type of school that I went, went to, um, it was uh, uh, San Bernardino High School, where if you, if you do know it, um, yeah. people- Yo, yo, shout out. Yeah, if you, if you know that school, uh, it has a rep of being like the, the, the really rich kids type of type of school where basically like if you go there you're rich um and if you go there you're like you know like really well off mm. um uh disclaimer i'm not in san Diego. <laughs> like i'm from san Gabriel. anyway well, it doesn't matter <laughs> like um yo you're rich what, what? Okay, no nah, one day um uh but uh 
I, I digress. The point of all that is um, it was more focused on like the nerdy Asian because that's like the type of people, like the Asians that went to my school were mostly, they were the nerdy Asians. Like they were the, the like kind of stereotypical where like we don't really say our feelings, we don't really talk and like start crap. It's more like, right. you know, it's almost like kind of like being a pushover, but I think it's it's almost ingrained in our culture where it's like you don't, you don't you don't like blow up and like cause a problem with any everybody you know if you have a problem you don't you don't cause a scene you you yeah. you, you figure Stay it quiet. out and you yeah, just keep yeah. quiet about it everyone else everyone has problems too you know you just keep it to yourself and you figure it out you know whereas like other people would maybe more be like um you know if, if they have a problem they'll, they'll say it out loud you know they'll, they'll just like yeah. they'll stand for themselves you know what i mean or stand up for themselves which i think uh is there's good and bad to everything obviously but um i think at least a little bit more of that would have been good uh but as far as like coming to terms with it i guess like like what you said of like people want to be more like asian people to, to certain degrees um i, I think it's kind of weird I, I never i don't like hold like like a hatred for it where i'm like i'm like you don't want to i'm not chinese right. you know like obviously right. i'm chinese and i'm okay with that um but i think it's just like kind of the a lot of films at least the ones that i saw since since i did not do martial arts like i was like okay then then my side of the coin is the nerdy side because i'm, I'm not the badass who does martial arts you know so i'm i'm the asian that's quiet and and book smart or whatever um right. which is more more or less worse for me because like as model minority they expect you to like be good at math and like be smart and blah blah blah. but like i was awful at math and i was a bad student like just straight up i was bad at academics um and uh 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 oh, i'm losing my train of thought <laughs> but so where did you fit with oh, right, right right okay right so so i think i, I kind of came to terms with it um like honestly it was more more very recently i'd say like because there, there was no shame to it but like oh like growing up um uh, i remember my point okay so growing up the, the the other side of the coin besides martial arts master was the nerdy one and i remember especially male asians like very emasculated as far as like uh like hollywood goes like where if you see an asian dude they're usually really fobby once again where they like don't really speak english and they're used as the butt of the joke like you laugh Wong at them yeah, yeah you don't laugh with them you know it's it's more like they they don't they don't say something funny where you laugh with them because they're a funny person that you laugh at them because they're weird and they have like an accent you know what i mean or they're like yeah you know not the typical masculine uh, uh masculine male where like you know you're big you're buff whatever but they're like right. usually scrawny and skinny and they like say something dorky or something you're like oh that's that's adorable you know what i mean and it's like you yeah gotta push them aside um and i think that's that's the one thing where i was like in a weird way i've always kind of been like I don't want to be seen as that stereotype. Like I, I love being an Asian person because that's who I am. Um, but at the same time, I want to change the way that people perceive it as far as like Asian guys are not just the nerdy, awkward dude or a martial arts master. Right, you know, there's right. more to us, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> We're humans. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I think, I think like obviously in recent years, uh, like very recent years, um, there, there's, there's been a big shift in that kind of mentality where it's like, you know, you don't play into the stereotypes as much anymore, you know, where it's like Asian men can be right. sexy, Asian men can, you know, like it's, there's a big difference of it. Um, and like for that, I'm, I'm very grateful. So I think that's where I'm like starting to feel like not more comfortable in my skin because I, I have always been kind of like that, but I feel like it's almost like, like it's catching up to the way that I perceive my ethnicity. You know what I mean? Where it's not just where we're one or the other extreme, you know, we're not just like, or, you know, like how like Asian women are like fetishized, you know what I mean? Like, like it's yeah. not where we're either martial arts masters or nerds where we're an actual, like there's actually more to us. We're not just always that stereotype of whatever you, you, you kind of categorize as, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. And then, is that, so question, <laughs> no, I, I got, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then to, cause you're, you're in front of the camera mm -hmm. you're, you're, and what, what I appreciate is like you're active, you're 
you're part of that movement, you know? Yeah. Being, yes. <laughs> and so Richard, for you, you're behind the camera. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I, you're not necessarily, um, you know, in front of the camera portraying these characters, but like, do you, like, well, first off, the, the question back at you, uh, what about your identity or re- have you had a resolution to your identity? Uh, yeah, I think it's relatively recent, uh, recently too. Like, kind of for similar reasons uh, to Greg and Dan through the media, uh, I think just personally seeking out more Asian films uh, and Asian music and just seeing Asians portrayed in a way that they're very rarely portrayed in America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just seeing like Asians being regular ass people or cool or desirable <laughs> or sexy. You know, <laughs> it's like you, you just it's sad, but you hardly ever see that here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, that made me accept it a lot more. And also uh, reading Eddie Wong's book, uh, Fresh Off the Boat, oh, that, yeah, that yeah. kind of blew my mind open. Uh, how, yeah, he just like totally forgot about fitting in and he just embraced like fitting it. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know. I think he introduced that. Yeah, you introduced that book to me, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I was like, ah, sure. Because I think the show was coming out. I read it yep. and I was like, oh shit okay yeah it's yeah. a lot better than the show it's so much better <laughs> no it's like the book like what was the was the the book is like like legit Taiwanese chinese cuisine yeah you know and then and then uh the fucking what, what's what's the show it's orange chicken it's like it's, like, it's, it's like not even good orange chicken it's like Panda <laughs> express orange chicken you know like i mean the show's a, the show's a start it's a it's mm-hmm. maybe i'm not expecting like... too much from the show <laughs> of course abc is not going to have a show that's going to perfectly mimic the book yeah yeah but, yeah, maybe. But I definitely Ameri- think yeah. it's, a, it's a good start. It's like, a good I, start. I, I yeah, yeah. Agree. there's, like, there's uh, a, like the first season. There are some few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, one thing I'm curious is like, uh, yeah, one thing I was curious uh, about <clears throat> after the, the. So yeah, these are some things I talked about in the callbacks with with uh, the actors. And have you ever had that kind of experience? Did they ever do a callback kind of like that? No, for you? I, no. I have never had a callback where I was in an interview. And oh, honestly, really? I'm honestly, though, I... I, I was honestly, wondering if I was like, shit, is, no, this, is this how you're... I was just trying to... I mean, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so so from, from my point of view, because I'm not a casting director, I don't do that t- that side of the camera work, but like from my understanding, it's like, okay, if if, if there are like the certain... Because like, obviously auditions is proof that you can act, proof that you can like perform. Right. Or not perform, but like be the character, you know what I mean? Um, and I think... I almost, I, I, I kind of, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm half-half between the way the callbacks work because yeah. I, 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 I like the idea of, of really getting another person behind it. Because obviously, if, you, if the audition is, is to, to see their, their talent, you know, there's an overflowing amount of talent in this town. You know, like there's, honestly, like it comes down to a look or like a small little difference between person A and person B who can play this role. Because right. most of the time, there's, there's probably going to be multiple choices for that role. Um, and I like the audition be- or the callback because it's like it really gets to know who the person is, you know what I mean? And like kind of if it matches up with what you want from this project, you know, how and it, and it even gives like a like it's even for the character, especially because as it's like personal to you, you know, as, as writing it um, or as, as the person who wrote it, that like that the person who creates the character, who who represents the character of Alan is someone that really like kind of aligns with what what you see the character to, to, to see if if that makes sense now obviously there's the, the there's the debate of you know well that's what acting's for you know you portray someone that not is not necessarily you um, but I also like the idea of, of the callback of an of an interview because it like you get another person and obviously I've heard this a lot of times but between like let's say two people two actors are, are both extremely talented but one of them you get along with and you can work well with, and the other one you can't. Obviously, you're gonna pick the one that you get along with. And I feel yeah. like that's that's what that callback would be more of. It's like who can I like 
talk to? Who could I jive with more? Who who would take direction better? Who who can like you know see my vision better versus like obviously the talent is there with these three people or whoever. Then how do I differentiate them besides yeah. just maybe another read? Honestly, that that was it. And then I and then uh, and I remember um, it was tough, man. It was a tough tough choice because uh, this is this is an important character, yep. you know. And and I. I mean, you probably remember I was sending him some clips and stuff. Hey, mm-hmm. what do you guys, what do you think of these guys and stuff like that? And eventually, it. But at the end of the day, I have to make a choice, yeah. you know. And, <laughs> and I think it's it's we it was hired two Allens <laughs> body doubles. <laughs> and um, because it's a big commitment to like to 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 like I you know I made a promise like I'm gonna pay for your flight you know and like and uh, and and and. St- and make make sure that you're taken care of mm-hmm. in time because like and also that's a lot i mean to be honest like you don't know me like we yeah i mean like we didn't know each other <laughs> no, you don't know me because <laughs> yeah. it's a it's like there's a lot of trust like because yep. i have I, you know i i say i'm gonna pay for your flight but i haven't you oh. haven't seen there's you know have you seen the, a lot of yeah there's a lot of trust involved right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. so so I think that's kind of what the second that the interview is part is like building that rapport, that trust. Actually, so yeah. this is kind of funny on the on the trust note. Uh, maybe I'm too trusting, but after the interview, I was like, oh, this guy's totally upstanding guy. He's cool. And then when I told my parents about it, they were like, who is this person? And they literally like looked up his whole background just to make sure that he's not some like psycho person. Some weirdo. Yeah. yeah. Literally, yeah. they were like, and then my dad was like talking to me about like, oh, did you know that he did this and this? And I was like, no. He's like. Oh well, he did because it says on his website or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was just interesting. So, uh, so tip, pro tip for the directors that have like some sort of website yeah, to legitimize, legitimize, legitimize yourself. yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, Richard, I, I, Richard and I go way back, and I, I, we worked on Advantageous together, and I, I know for, um, I, I knew that just, just from the way that we were talking about the aesthetics and about. Uh, you know, like our vision, my, my vision for the film and, and his, his visual vision for the film, like we were just really on par. So, um, kind of like, sorry to jump around, but like, uh, when, when we were, when I think about a DP, like he, he, like Richard was my first choice. Like he, we, like, yeah, yeah. Like, cause well, first of all, I didn't have any other choice. Like, I mean, I mean, no, first and only choice. no I, 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 there was another, there was another, uh, there, okay. There was like maybe another person, Jesus. but like, uh, but he said, oh yeah. Cause, but then, but no, he was the main, he was always the main choice because I, there, I had, I did get an offer like to like, Hey, if you need help to shoot in Taiwan. And I was like, uh, I already have a guy. So I, I stuck by Richard. And then this guy even more tested when, okay. So. I guess what we're halfway through, so we'll, let's let's. I guess one thing I want to get to Dan is like the the like the the nitty gritty of the film. Like so, I got into Taipei like November twelfth or so or eleventh. Like and that we shot, we shot, we start shooting on December 9th, Okay, mm-hmm. so that's like less than a month of prep, which is kind of ridiculous, you know, because there's a lot of pieces that were not coming together yet. And so, but I had, I had Greg. So I was like, okay, I got Greg. <laughs> He's locked. I had a grandma character already locked down that I met, I met from a year ago. So like, like real talk, when, when Richard and I shot that, that mini, mini short for fun, we were also there to help shoot uh, footage for this, uh, this Kickstarter video, which is probably by the time this comes out, I'm going to have ready and help promote for the Kickstarter. But, um, uh, 
So um, <coughs> we were thinking about that, and then um, I, I was still looking for a producer. Uh, I, to be honest, I've been a producer before, and, and then for my short films, I've always produced my own short films because I just felt like in my mind, for some reason, maybe it's my own, like oh, myself blocking myself, but I was like, no one wants to do this. Like no one, no one, no one be willing to do this much work for me mm. for like just for the promise of pay, but not actually getting pay up front, you know, maybe right. for like, yeah, because being a producer, you're essentially doing like everything the director doesn't want to do. <laughs> like <laughs> basically you're doing everything and, and that's not like there's some it's not really that creative it's just like logistics and getting people and getting shit done and that's something i you know as an independent filmmaker i always considered that oh to make my own movies i have to produce my own movies hmm. and I, I so i was like you know what and i think richard you made a good point it's like james like yeah like hopefully you can find someone to you know like, like you can't do everything right I was thinking about even acting it, like real time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about acting it too. And anyways, uh, I was looking for a producer, and a, a friend had I posted I I posted online like three weeks before shoot three like yeah three three and a half weeks before shoot like basically like really close to shooting, and um, I was looking for a producer to like help with location permits, finding like the the missing ends, like a mm -hmm. hair and makeup person, an art person. Uh, main thing was locations. We we I had two of the locations down from prior location scouting, but I didn't have a prison yet. We wanted to shoot out of prison. I was like, I have no idea how to do that. I've never worked in Taiwan before. Like, yep. yeah. So, um, so a friend had reposted Shao uh, Po. Shao Po, you yo shout out to Shao Po. He's he helped save the film. Um, he recommended to our producer Kara, and uh, yeah, Kara's. If, yeah, Cara, she she made this film from like, like low budget to like oh my god like, yeah, yeah like really high production uh, level. Um, so uh, uh, so she she it was mutual friends with Shao Paul. She saw him repost it and she's like, huh, I've seen this. And then Shao Paul called her and she didn't pick up the first time. I, and then he she called again because he saw me like like trying to get some like try re. Uh, he called again when he saw like me post on Facebook again, and uh, and she picked up, and then they start talking, and then she set up a meeting with me, and um, <laughs> I don't think I remember when I told you I, I said, oh hey, uh, we might we might work with this big company, like after the we had a production meeting, we saw the lenses and cameras that we might be working with, and then afterwards, you know, uh, we went to get some food, Richard and I, and he's like. Hey James, thank you for you know having me on this, on this. And I was like, Jay, ah, oh, fucking Richard, don't start this right now, like, because there's already a lot of pressure, like, because come on, think about it, like, I oh. I started from like this small production, like, and Greg came on this with like belief that I was like legit, you know. <laughs> you are. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then um, he talks like he's a con artist, my god. Yeah, no, I, I, I just I had this, you know, that feeling of 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 being a fraud. You know? I, I like, get you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know that feeling of like I mean, shit. Plus, plus, it's like all on you. You know, you're the director, you're, you're the writer. All this is kind of riding on you, and like, so you, you, it's kind of like your production, it's your baby. You don't want it. Yeah. You don't want your name attached to it, and for it to be like a flop. Yeah. You know? And then that's like what you're known for. You know, you, yeah. you want to build a repertoire of like. You work with this guy and good things happen. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. you work with this guy and 
you don't want to work with this guy. <laughs> so so before before we met with them, um, like so Richard and I had produ- we we worked on this lookbook, and mo- mo- Richard did most of the work on this 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 lookbook for like because w- before we met them. They sent us, he, the, she's like, okay, yeah. So Kara said, hey, let me get some of your resumes. So I, I went asking around for, res, for the people who had already let's said okay to the film. So by that time, I already had maybe a very skeleton crew of a makeup artist, Annie, thank you. Annie, Bai Mao, our sound guy, what's up? Shout out to Bai Mao. Um, we also had David Cho. David Cho, he came on. He was, he was a big help in the beginning. He was going to be our first AC, but eventually became a, a production, one of the I guess production coordinator slash production assistant, and then um, we also had who else do we have? Um, see, so, so Annie came on, Bai Mao, David, yeah, Richard, um, and then uh, so art department and all the rest of the people. Yeah, the art department came later uh, after we had we oh, found, right. um, but like uh, we had the skeleton crew. But I really wanted to show like okay, <clears throat> who are we as like. Uh, you know, like we're not we're not some slackers, so yeah, we yeah. Produ- we prepared like this little printout. So then when Carl saw, I was like, oh damn, okay, you guys already you know prepared, okay. Yeah. Like they saw that we are not we we ain't, we ain't we're joking not, around. Yeah, around, yeah, yeah, we're not messing around. Yeah, yeah. And she appreciated that, and she always told me later, like like, because I remember feeling I remember after getting the call from her, like to like, hey, yeah, I'd be interested. That I was like lying down on the ground on my my Airbnb, like. Ah oh, shit! Can I do this? <laughs> like, am I am I good enough? Yeah. For, am I am I worthy enough? I guess is is if we're gonna get like existential here. Like, am I am I worthy enough? You know, and um, yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know. Did you go through any of that when you when you saw their? So see, she sent us. So I sent our resume. She sent her us her resume and then her uh, Tanka. So Tanka, shout out to Tanka. Yo, yo our gaffer. <laughs> yo. Tang, yo, 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 Tanka. <laughs> So he's great. Uh, we we saw their resume. And I'm like, dude, like you. <laughs> I feel like insult. I feel like me sending you our resumes <laughs> is kind of insult because their resume is like. All right, you want to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we looked at their resumes, and it's like some of our favorite films are on there, right? Yeah, I was, I was, I I was intimidated. I mean, what would you feel like going to that meeting? Uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was pretty nervous, um, but I mean, once we met him, they were really down, they're both really down to earth, Kara and Tonga, uh, awesome. yeah, they're just so real awesome. awesome people, they're just amazing, really, no egos at all, even with the, the level of skill. Because you met them for the first time on set, I mm-hmm. guess, right? What was your impression? Yeah. Okay, so I didn't know any of their resume stuff or any of that. So I was just like, I honestly, I honestly went in like blind. I was just like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here to do my work and I'm going to kill it. And then I went in there and then like, I remember walking on and it's like, it's like a studio basically. I was like, oh, interesting. This is pretty big. And then, and then uh, I remember walking on and uh, the security guy stopped me. He's like, hey, what, what are you here for? And I said the name of the project and he's like, no, who do you know? Like, why, why are you here? And I was like, uh, Kara? And he's like, oh, okay. And he, like, he immediately switches. <laughs> oh. He's like, oh, come on, come on. Come he here. met on the rehearsal. This is rehearsal day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Rehearsal and, day. Uh, and I remember like just walking onto the, the, the studio a lot and I was like, and I've, I've done like big production stuff before, but for commercials because that's where, you know, like like big companies, they put their money right. in commercials and all that stuff. So I've been in like huge warehouses and stuff before, but I've never done that for like theatrical stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, and so when I walked on to it, I was like, oh, Oh damn! Okay, okay, this is pretty big. It's this a studio lot. Like, I, I, I got an office in Taipei. 
Yeah. That's crazy. And I've never like, had an office before. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. All right. And then, so uh, I still didn't, like, I honestly, I didn't know uh, any of their resumes, but honestly, just after working with them, like, you, because I've, I've worked the gamut from, like, you know, free non-union stuff and, like, just starting out short film stuff and, like, people who are, like, you know, first year direct, uh, directing as undergrad to, like, you know, bigger stuff. And, like, you could just tell when you you work with people and they know what they're doing like it's just like professional like it's not it's, and it's, and i don't mean it in like the cut and dry like business sense where they're like they don't have time for bs they don't have time for any of this that they're like they're professional as in they know what they're doing and what they want uh and like and like when it's business time they, 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 they like buckle down and you could tell that they're not they don't seem lost you know what i mean like they, they know that yeah. what they what they do and they do it well yeah um, it's not that confidence with it you know there's no like nervous energy in the room there's no like okay what are we going to do next what 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 do you want now what do you oh 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 like none, none of that kind of like um i guess like uh amateurness you know what i mean yeah, but it's just like yeah. they know what they want they know what they're going to do but at the same time with, with what he said about the no ego thing like i didn't even know they were like big big shot people until the very end because because like the way that they talked to me and the way that we interacted they were just like the chillest people. So chill. It was just people who are there to do their job and like they do it well. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It was just, it was honestly like smooth as heck. The like, person who deserves the most ego, Tomka, <laughs> has probably like, is the most chill guy I've ever, like what, like chill. as a human being. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyways, the reason I brought, brought that up is because, okay, yeah, Richard said thank you to me because like, to be honest, Kara probably knew some other DPs. Real talk. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and then she asked me, and this is one of the pressures of working with a studio is that, hey James, okay, I I I uh, she, I spoke with her like first it was just me that went to the studio by myself, and then I, I brought Richard later uh, the after that weekend, and then I think it was weekend yeah I brought him a couple of days later, and um, but uh, they they asked me hey Car asked me hey James, um I'm willing to come on board but you have to let me know you have to be okay if i make suggestions and if if that's okay with you if we have to change some things change some people uh if that's if that's okay with you because at the end of the day james i want to make a good film that's our that's my goal i hopefully that's your goal too and i'm like really okay great and and she she said but i respect your vision is there anyone that you will not change like there's like it's for sure and i say well freaking Greg, I already signed a contract. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. Well, Greg, I already signed a contract, and um, and then you know, Richard, like, you know what? I I thought of okay. So real talk, I I thought, I thought okay, if I got like well, like it, it flickered across my mind, but th- that was it. I was just like, nah, man, Richard's gonna be the DP, man. Like, cause we already worked on the basically. And, you know, we already worked on the look for the film together. And so, you know, that, yeah, he's going to be the DP. And so we're one package. I told her, hey, we're going to, Richard and I are one package. And she's like, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like she made it sound like hella serious yeah, at first. Like, you know, um, hey, as a producer, like I'm going to make some changes. <laughs> I'm like, well, Richard and I are a package. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> okay. I got we we got Chen Mu Yi who's like a um, he's a he's he's not like internationally famous but he, like everyone like if you show him to like a, a random Taiwanese person on the street they'll be like hey I recognize that guy he's like he's been, he's he's paid his dues in the industry he's, right. he's a veteran actor in Taiwan much uh, much older gentleman um, yeah so we got him and uh, and that was through through Kara's help yeah 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 um, and um, 
So, uh, yeah. Uh, now. So what? What other parts do you want to talk about in your production that uh, was that stuck with you that you really want to like express and capture? Uh, I've I've been like looking through the first day footage recently, and uh, we can talk about that. That's like our first day on shoot. So the first shot was um. This is the very first shot. So, so Richard and I, what we did for uh, our production was that for prior to each day of shooting, we did a shot list. And Cara, she didn't really expect that because actually, there's a lot of directors that she's worked with before, first-time directors who like, they're just slackers. They just mm. they, they they just they don't they come on set and like, okay, everyone do this 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 this, without like any homework. But like Richard and I. <clears throat> Well, we don't want to, sh- we don't want, we're not showing just, we actually want to do a shot list that will help convey our, both of our artistic visions, mm-hmm. you know? We're not just doing homework to show off that we've done homework. We want to show, do homework so that it helps, you know? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I don't, I don't think people really do homework to show that they do homework. You know, like, well, <laughs> hey, teacher, teacher Kara, I, I did the homework. No, 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 it's more like, we wanted to make sure that we had solidified our artistic vision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what's great about working with Richard was that we is that Richard will push back if it doesn't if there's something if there's an issue which I enjoy. Well, I don't know if I enjoy it, but it's just like <laughs> it's that he has his own voice. I have my own voice, and that's great because then that means we're gonna. He's not just like a yes man. He's actually somebody I could bounce ideas off. Yep. Same with with Greg too. And mm-hmm. well, this is what this is something I've really appreciated about working with Greg and also Richard as well is that. Uh, you know, I don't have all the answers, what? and I, I don't. Yeah. So as a director, and Richard had made a great point about this. Uh, it's like he, the 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 director's kind of like a coach, I guess. It's like, I mean, I can't, I can't, like you guys are not robots. I can't like program you to do exactly like this. I I want human beings to collaborate with and and basically give me their thoughts and for some reason like yeah no in the room like we weren't feeling that line and and yeah Greg's like hey how about this why don't what was the yeah we just cut it and we and freaking also shout out to Tun Mui I mean I don't know we can get into it but like Tun Mui he's a little intimidating to work with real, like real talk <laughs> he's a, he's older veteran actor um, so it was uh, but like he really brought he he can really act mm-hmm. he's a he's a freaking and he was able to he, yeah, no he like without even any direction he helped modify the lines and 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 changed it to like where it really fit this the script like he read the screen yeah. he understood this the the heart of what i was going for mm-hmm. and greg was great was like just like rolling with it like first day <sighs> freaking richard man the the most dollies <laughs> I've ever worked with, you know, like oh, yeah, you, you want to talk about that? Okay, why why? Okay, st- start with like dolly the shots, dolly shots. Dolly yeah, shots. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, initially, uh, f- the first day of shooting is kindergarten scene with, uh, yeah, with uh, uh, Greg is at the kindergarten, mm-hmm. and then Officer Bay shows up and sees him teaching, allegedly teaching illegally, you know, and like hmm, maybe uh, something's not right here, so. Uh, Richard and I talked about, and uh, uh, he's like, "Hey, you know, it'd be because it's fairly dramatic. It's like, we, and we're seeing characters for the first time. It might be good to have a dolly shot." Mm. Oh, yeah. we want we want to visually separate. Like, we're introducing Alan's world. Uh, it's going to be cut back and forth with uh, his grandma's world. 
So we were thinking, well, visually we could keep, you know, the grandma's world more static as she's alone in her home. And then for Greg uh, or Alan, you know, he's out there. And uh, ABC, maybe make this thing more dynamic. You know, he's younger, this kind of thing. More, There's more action going on in his on his side of the story at that point. Yeah. Because so. one thing we were thinking about, I don't know if you know this, Greg, but we were thinking about, like, Alan is American. American, like, kind of, this is, this is, this. sorry, this is Richard's idea. And uh-huh. let me know if I'm, I'm not stating correctly, but it's like, mm-hmm. What so Alan was? Why don't you say it? Like Alan, so Alan's world signify what kind of cinema? I guess yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. More, I guess more westernized mm. cinema. And this is a generalization. Generalization, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Complete generalization, but it was, it was a way to think of it that made it easier for us. And, and then I guess uh, the grandma's side would be more um, representing like slower, the slower type of like. Asian art cinema, mm. you know, art. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> that was kind of like a <laughs> yeah. that was a general rule, but eventually the it started fusing towards the end. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we didn't stick to it religiously, but yeah, it, yeah, it was something to keep in mind when picking shots, especially yeah. with the scene with you and um, Officer Bay. Like originally, I was thinking like freaking like burning, you know, like uh, Lee Chan Dong film where it's like the camera is moving and falling, uh. you know, like it's one take. It's a wonder. It's more like Spielberg wonder. You yeah, know, yeah. There's motion to the camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually, we saw you and Tim Wee like rehearse it. Uh And then, like, I was like, and then Richard. I don't know if you had like what, what, when you saw them rehearse it. Like, uh, yeah, I kept walking around and trying to figure out like how, what what can we do. And then, but just based on the performances and yeah, like I think it was best to just keep the camera completely static. Yeah. And just let the performances like speak for themselves. Like the camera doesn't need to do anything. And what's crazy, I was gonna about to, I was I was thinking that too. And then when Richard came up to, me, hey James, uh, let's just do it on sticks, and just like sticks being like just on the tripod static. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh. So uh, so we had that um, in Chinese we say mo qi. We had that. Uh, I guess the English equivalent is like uh, silent agreement. You know, like yeah, we had that silent agreement already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so how are we doing on time, Dan? It's uh, we're actually at that time. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. an hour and a half already. Has it been? Uh, I think we started. Yeah, about hour uh, nine twenty. Yeah, so it's about hour twenty hour. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's uh let's wrap it up in like <coughs> ten minutes or less. Uh, let's see. Okay. Um. I guess I'll give a I'll be what I'll do is I'll do big picture of what happened and then maybe final thoughts about you what you guys thought about the shoot sure. and then we'll just wrap it up from there maybe do language corner so language corner is like maybe a phrase that we learned a Chinese phrase or Taiwanese phrase we might have learned and that you guys might want to share um, um, or Japanese I, uh, anyways oh <laughs> so over, okay big okay big picture promotes uh, so so I'm, I worked on this film called uh, Aman Allen. It's about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, right now we're looking for funding um, for the Kickstarter to help um, to help with uh, post production as well as uh, yeah, and also like uh, you know there were like there was investors, but they're like basically my family, and, and I, I hope that you know I just want to show that uh, I want to make this film and, and finish this film and hopefully hopefully. Um, because because of this film, I I had to go into debt. I, I had to not you know yeah I had to borrow some money and so hopefully uh, with your support I can help finish this film and also help and 
well, yeah, so we'll help, I'll help finish this film and make it. And also, we also need funding for uh, festival submissions as well. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a, it's, it's the biggest project I've ever worked on as a director. Um, um, and then, I, oh, you want to speak for the, to that? Like, have you worked on any project like this before? Or uh, no, this is, uh, yeah, this is one of the best filmmaking experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Uh, yeah cast and crew were amazing it was a great experience in shooting in Taiwan for the first time yeah. I mean I'm overly verbose in all my answers so I'm gonna try and copy Richard here but honestly <laughs> ditto to that like honestly it was just <laughs> ah okay okay I'm, I'm going gonna, give I'm, gonna, yeah, I'm becoming yeah. verbose okay <laughs> long story short uh, honestly this is this is definitely the biggest like theatrical that I've that I've ever done and but on top of that it's just honestly the passion and like the just the professionalism and like the I'm gonna say passion again because honestly, it, it just you can tell that it's something that people really care about. That everyone who worked on it, they have their own stake in it. And honestly, it it's it was just a wonderful experience, like truly wonderful experience. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I learned a lot from this film, and not not just about like I learned a great about deal about filmmaking, but also I learned a, a great deal about just like pursuing art in general or like why why do this why suffer for to why struggle for this you know because it's not easy mm-hmm. it's not easy and you know i had a fun i had fun you know i i had days of like exact intense anxiety or suffer you know like but at the end of the day it's like you know what i think this story is worth it you know like hearing you guys talking about identity and stuff like that's wow that's great it, it connected you in a way that i hope it connects with other viewers as well and um, I think it's worth it, yeah. Uh, I, I, and I, I, and yeah, and at each stage of the project, even though you know there's challenges along the way, I think uh, I think we all met them, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it, I think that's part about that's what makes life fun is that if life was always so easy and just whatever and flat and no bumps in the road, it'd be kind of boring. But I I don't know about you guys, but I had I had a blast, yeah, yeah, and. Um, yeah, so we had uh, just big overview. We had um, five <coughs> days of shooting. We shot in Taipei, Taiwan. We also had one day in Lukong. You weren't there for, but that was our like, <laughs> was that our longest day? That was our longest day, right? Yeah. Yes. If you're including transportation, um, <laughs> Richard was tired. He's like, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> but like, it, once you see it, I'm, I you probably saw on the 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 screenshots I sent you, Dan. But like, uh, yeah, the the art direction and like they had set up lights there. It's like an old home. It's it's a it's a side of Taiwan not a lot of people get to view. Um, also, uh, third day, well, okay, so yeah, we shot in Lukang. Then on the third day, we did um, was that the American School third day? Let me see. Yeah, it was American School was the third. We we shot at we we shot a place to make it look like American School. Mm-hmm. And so we had to work out a wig, and that's like a whole another story of like, uh, should we use the wig or should we use the like the? Oh God, <coughs> so fourth day we did, um, uh, we did, we stole shots on the train. <laughs> that was crazy. We we shot with the red on that day because uh, the red's a little bit smaller. Red, uh, uh, the red dragon. epic, dra- dragon epic, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that was. I had a lot of fun shooting on the train. Huh. That was fun. It was. I saw Richard though. He was straining. He was like, and he's not. He's not a short guy because he's sitting right now. But like, he's he's a tall dude. So he's like, you know, like trying to get the <laughs> shot. And um, 
And uh, then we had the taxi stuff. The taxi stuff looks pretty like, I mean, yeah. Do you want to talk about the look for the taxi at all? Or? Uh, yeah, I really like the look. It's a nighttime, it's a nighttime scene with the grandma driving, uh, riding in the back of a taxi through the Taipei streets. We didn't know how to shoot that until like our first AC, Xiao Pong, shout out to Xiao Pong, <coughs> Ken. Um, he came up with a solution about like yeah. how to use stabilize that. the camera inside of the taxi so it doesn't look that handheld or dude. Dude, our crew, like not just Xiao Pong, you know, everyone was so, so dope. And then, sorry, last day, fifth day was Greg Kim's back where we shot the prison stuff. And we already, we already touched on that. That was, that was intense day. And let's wrap it up. Uh, my language corner today is going to be, um, Irishai Mase. Irishai Mase is basically what they say in Japan. So I took a, a quick break to ta Tokyo. And I was like, what are these people saying? I go into the, the, the freaking department store or like uh, or, or a store and they would say, Irishai Mase. They say it really super fast. Basically, it means like Huaning, you know, like means like uh, welcome in Japanese. Irishai, uh, ira Dan, am I pronouncing that right? Irishai Mase. Irishai Mase. Irishai Mase. Yeah, Irishai Mase. And uh, I was like, what the heck are they saying? So welcome. And then, um, and yeah, um, the the other thing I learned uh, on set was uh, something called foxing. And that means like having a Buddha, Buddha's heart. That's Chinese. Oh. And that's something that uh, Tonga was really <laughs> telling me about is that, you know, James, like, you have, you know, enjoy the process, have fun. Because at the end of the day, that's all you have. It, it, how the film turns out, you know, of course, you know, we work and we're working towards a great goal. But at the same time, you have to like, if you're not having fun or if you're not enjoying the process, then why don't you just get like, you know, why are you doing this? And uh, he, I have to, Tonga, he's really opened my eyes, not just on filmmaking, but just about how, how to live. And he talked about having a Buddha's heart, whereas like not taking things too seriously, but still, it's crazy. It's like you you work hard and you work seriously, but you don't they take things too seriously. If that makes sense, does that make sense? Yeah. You know, yeah. I like that. Yeah, you you're working you, you, you're <laughs> working well towards a goal or whatever. But at the same time, you're you're in the present, and you're you're enjoying that mm -hmm. moment. You're enjoying the process. The process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, do you guys have any? You know, Language corner. Any stuff? any language corner. Yeah. Mine is Washi Taiwan la, because I say it a lot in the film. But also, it just means I'm a Taiwan person. Yeah. Taiwanese person. I, I'm Taiwanese. Washi Taiwan la. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> sure, you're saying Chinese right now, or? Mm. Hmm. Um, how do you say director? Uh, Daoyan. Daoyan. Yeah, Daoyan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's my. That's this guy. <laughs> uh, Daoyan, and then he's the Seing Si. is a director of photography. Seung Daoyan, I guess, is an well. I think Seung Si is the common one, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that means cinematographer mm. or director of DP, and that's this guy. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you have anything or? Yeah, for mine, um, it's a uh, it's a uh, Western Japanese is Okini. Okini is like thank you, but it's mm. like the, a Kyoto kind of thing. Oh, is that it's Kansai Kyoto. dialect, right? Yeah. Kansai, yeah. yeah. What's Kansai? Kansai is um uh, they what Western. they speak they speak in Western, Western Japan. Japan. Okini. Okini. Oh. Okini. What does that mean again? Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okini. Oh. If I said that in anywhere in Japan, will they understand? Or will they just Uh I'm sure they'll they'll probably know because uh at some point now that most people go to Kyoto because Kyoto is like one of the oldest cap it's like an old school capital for Japan. Uh huh. 
So it's Kanto or Kansai. Oh, it's just like. All right. Well, Dan, thanks. Thanks for letting us go over a no, little thank bit. thank you. Yeah, oh, thank Dan. you. Yeah. Okini. Okini. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got the gozaimasu. Nice to meet you guys. All right. See you, man. Nice to meet you. Thank you. See ya.